I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Liffring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down to talk with Nicole Parla Piano, the Chief Marketing Officer of Tubi. Nicole became the CMO in 2022, having honed her marketing experience at a number of high-profile companies, including VaynerMedia, WeWork, and Tinder. In 2023, she was named one of Ad Age's leading women of the year. Tubi had a breakout year in 2023. It surpassed 74 million monthly active users. 10 million of those came between February and September, when the brand had its viral Super Bowl campaign. I mean, it was a big moment. I think it's one of those lightning in a bottle. I think when it really hit for me is when I saw a friend of mine who has kids in college sent me a TikTok and they were imitating the kids, what it was like when the 2B commercial came on. And I thought like, what a privilege and what an amazing impact that people are creating reaction videos because of what we did. And you know, if it's with the college kids on TikTok, then it's going to go. It really showed how much like impact we had in that moment. And for, you know, a, more of a challenger streaming brand, it was a big moment for the company and for the brand. It certainly raises the bar, right, for, for <laughs> next Super Bowl for you. Do you, are, you are you thinking, uh-oh, we've got to build on this and, and do something even more? I literally basked in it for three days. And then I was like, Ugh! like, this is definitely a hard thing to follow. And I think you can't put pressure on things like that. We are just obsessed with our viewers and obsessed with like surprising them. I think that happens in small ways every day on social. We're very accessible to our fans and our viewers. We respond to everybody. So really scaling that mass intimacy, you know, sending our biggest fans to be care packages and special things that they like. The bigger campaigns we've done since then are really similarly just looking at the moment we're in really being considerate about who the audience is, who is the target audience, and like how can we break through creatively in that moment. On a small scale and a big scale, instead of letting the content lead us, we really let the viewer and the audience lead where we go. That takes the pressure off of what, what are we doing? What do we need to do? They tell us what we need to do if we're listening. So are your marketing campaigns sort of reacting to what yes. your viewers are watching? Yes. Is that could you talk a little bit about how you stay like in the moment, stay relevant? Listen, like for things like Super Bowl, you have to plan many months ahead. But we actually had a very condensed time. So even on our bigger campaigns, we turn things within four months pretty quick. When we do Super Bowl in the future, I think that part of the magic is cutting it really close. I mean, culture is just moving so fast at this point that if you make something 10 months out, like, is it still going to hit the right way? Like, things are moving too fast. I wouldn't say it's completely reactionary, but I do over-index on giving my team enough time to pay attention and listen versus follow a marketing calendar. I think if we're following a marketing calendar and we're so focused on the calendar dictating our lives, you're going to miss the things that are going on in culture and then you don't have the bandwidth to move when something happens. That's such invaluable insight. You know, speaking of trends, especially in the streaming space... Tubi is becoming somewhat of like a poster child for fast channels or rather free ad supported TV platforms, especially after breaking into Nielsen's platform rankings in March. What do you think is driving the next evolution of growth for fast? I think people are starting to get it with fast. 
probably two years ago in Fast, there was a little bit of my expectation is that it's like an SVOD. I think now people are starting to realize that Fast just really plays a different role in your life and that it is more of a place to come when you're not sure what you want to watch and you're looking to watch based on a mood or an occasion or a feeling. The growth in viewership is coming from just better consumer understanding of the role that Fast plays. And it's not necessarily like a replacement to SVOD. It's extremely complementary. The large collection of titles we have really leans into a trend you're seeing in media where there's just overall fragmentation. There's different pockets of the internet of people that are passionate about completely obscure things. And so us having a huge content library allows them to find those things and find them with depth. We can just tailor to many tastes, moods, and communities that aren't necessarily reflected in mainstream Hollywood at scale. So not just a couple of titles that cater to that audience. We have 50 to 100. The second thing that's happening coming out of like just the golden era of TV and streaming and all this content that just came at everyone, it's a lot and there's a lot going on in the world globally and I think there's a lot of mental stress and there is just a trend that you see of people wanting to go back to watch TV from a different time. The nostalgia viewing is hitting an an important time in society right now. Ultimately, over time, I think we're going to see a behavioral shift where people know to come to apps like Tubi first if they don't know what they want to watch. We're your everyday constant as you cycle in and out of whatever subscription service you're on based on whatever big title they have. You notice at age that we need to get back to a place of building brands. What are some of the ways you're continuing to build and articulate Tubi's brand identity in 2024? I mean, brands are fluid things. I think as a brand at Tubi, we are probably a teenager with like some acne, like we're figuring out who we are. We don't know who we are yet. You know, we haven't taken the brand that we've shown the last year and really visually and verbally landed that across our entire product and customer and viewer experience. So we are looking at an entire brand refresh. It'll just more reflect, I I would say, the exciting, inviting, and mischievous side of Tubi, just to drive a little bit more consistency there across our surfaces. And then instead of campaigns and, you know, the everyday social, I do think a lot about something I'll call brand acts, their behavioral moments that reinforce who we are that aren't in the format of a campaign. So I want to do more of that next year. And I think the one thing I am really excited about is most of my job is like thinking about Tubi every day, but because we're ad supported, I love the breaks that I get to think about problems for our advertiser partners and how their brand can better show up and come to life within the Tubi platform, integrating into different shows we might have or experiences. I liked your word mischievous <laughs> because it seems to characterize a lot of the work. Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, you launched a new tagline, find your rabbit hole. And that was in tandem with a cleverly associated rabbit AI product. I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Could you walk us through this campaign, you know, and how you thread the needle between brand building and that product technology? I think with the product team, I mean, we are just thick as thieves and we are constantly both thinking about what is A, true about the viewer experience on Tubi and B, what else can we do to solve their problems? And so we had already briefed the campaign. And then when we were going through an exercise together on 
how we would use OpenAI technology, the first thing we thought about was like helping people find these specific rabbit holes. Right now, like the only algorithmic ways that other streamers are telling you what to watch is based on past behavior, but you don't really have a great way to search for something in a categorical semantic search way. So the campaign was sort of going. And then when we landed that this was the problem we were going to solve, I'm like, wow, these beautifully go together because you can actually, through the rabbit AI search, you can find rom-coms with hot lifeguards in two seconds or, you know, shows about, you know, drug cartels on the pickup. You can dictate that behavior with rabbit AI. So when we were launching, you always kind of run into that, well, we need to launch the campaign by this time. And they're like, the feature is going to be available at this time. And, you know, sometimes you're not able to make those two things happen all at once, all in the same day, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. So we launched the campaign and then a few weeks later, Rabbit AI came out. I mean, I read recently some data about the amount of time people spend searching for shows to watch. <sighs> and <Wow>. you know, <laughs> like, uh... It's insane. I know firsthand. <laughs> yeah. Right? And how many give up? And you, yeah, so this idea that you can actually hone in on exactly what you want, there's a sort of almost like a feeling. Cause I, I mean, I often look for British crime dramas, for instance, yeah. or a period one like an Agatha Christie. But yeah. it's very hard to do that in, you know, with a lot of search engines. They don't always deliver those results. No, and the categories are like, you like reality TV? I think I can speak for all reality TV viewers. We are not one and the same. Like we are different cult fandoms and we like different things. And I don't think anyone's really tapped into it. You're just, we're kind of like blanket lump summing all of these genres. And I think the data that we're getting from the search queries is very interesting because it uncovers some of these subgenres that we maybe wouldn't have thought to classify. Speaking of innovation, is there anything that's really caught your eye in the present moment? So I can say one that's caught my wallet, which is all the social shopping products. And um, I am currently waiting for my Eras style Josh Allen t-shirt to come from TikTok shop because they must have known that I'm a Buffalo Bills fan and a Taylor fan. And they knew not to put Travis Kelsey in front of me. They knew to put Josh Allen in front of me. And I clicked to buy so fast. It was scary. Lo-fi creative is always on my mind. And I don't mean just UGC creative. I think what you see with the younger generation and Gen Z, their creative tastes are so wildly different. I don't know if you guys follow the drumstick account on TikTok, like the ice cream cone. But no, but I want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Whoever is running this account is amazing. It's totally that generation's creative style. They've integrated the product, but in a very funny way. So I watch that and I'm paying very close attention to where that's going because not in the near term, but in the long term, traditional ads as we know them will become less relevant and less prominent. They'll always play a role in things like Super Bowl. But I think for the younger generation, they don't really want to interact in that way. Thinking about when we transition that lo-fi creative to other mediums and have it work in a way is, is something I think I spend a lot of time on. Now, you've publicly mentioned your passion for coaching and developing young talent. What advice do you have for marketers, especially maybe young marketers, looking for that level up? Well, this could be a whole podcast. I was writing down, like <laughs> so many things. I think be patient is one. I mean, this industry is 
hard. It's not one that I started in. It's one that I had a hard time breaking into, whether you're trying to get a job at an agency and you don't have agency experience, you might have media agency experience, but none of the creative agencies want you because you're not creative enough. Then when you're on the agency side, getting someone on the client side to hire you, there's so many different jumps. It's important to stay patient. It's important to stay hungry. It's important to stay humble. The industry is always moving and things might not work out one place. You know, you have to just keep it moving. So many people are not willing to take a step back, to take a step forward, and they stay stuck. Be very meticulous about what you're building for in your career. And if you want to take a step forward, you need to be prepared to take a step back sometimes, especially early in your career. And say you're at an agency and you've been there for five years and you feel stuck. Well, guess what? You're not going to get the same title on the client side. You're going to have to take a step back to take a step forward. But you have to be willing to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to stay pretty stagnant. That's good advice. Yeah. Is there a marketer that you turn to for inspiration? <sighs> I'm obsessed with Liquid Death. And here's why. And I know everyone is, but here's why I'm obsessed with them. They came into a category much like us where there's like the established players, the rules are there. You need to have X, Y, and Z celebrity endorsements. They came into an industry and they just completely did it their way and they built a cult following. From everything they do to like how they showed up at Super Bowl two years ago, no celebrities, just, just totally a funny, enjoyable ad to in social when people complain about them, the way they gracefully and elegantly address it and respond. I mean, everything they do feels endemic to that brand, feels right, and they've had tremendous growth. So I, I haven't had a moment where I've seen something come from them and it didn't feel like right, but like so different and so interesting. They're one I watch a lot. Yeah, they're amazing. We did a podcast with one of their lead marketers early on and we were laughing out loud at some of the things that they were doing. <laughs> and then talk about mischievous. I just wanted to say, you mentioned something about funny and funny ads and like we're seeing a lot, a return of these kind of mischievous or funny ads. Is that your experience, your observation that we're going to get back to that a little bit more? I mean, don't you think we should? Like, isn't our job as advertisers to make people like, you know, yes, you can make people cry if that's the thing, but like make people feel something. Like, I don't know, our ads that we have out now, they're just fun and they're just funny and they're enjoyable to watch. You know, when we're reviewing creative and you're thinking, God, it's only five seconds in, it should feel quick. It should be entertaining. Our job ultimately at the end of the day is to entertain and yes, land a message, but you can't land a message if you're not entertaining. Just not taking ourselves too seriously in these very heavy and, and serious times is I think what people need and just being sensitive to that. And that's it for this edition of The Current Podcast. We'll be back next week, so stay tuned. And if you love this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. While you're at it, check out our other show, The Current Report, our weekly roundup of what's happening in the world of digital media. The Current Podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The current team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Fessy. And remember, be very meticulous about what you're building for in your career. And if you want to take a step forward, you need to be prepared to take a step back sometimes, especially early in your career. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.